Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker. You'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to The Haunted Estate, the ultimate paranormal podcast with your host, Selena Myers. From ghost stories and haunted history to the darkest sides of our reality, we hope you enjoy your stay on The Haunted Estate. But don't get too comfortable. Our ghosts haunt more than just these hallways. Yo, guys, what's up? It's your girl, Selena. I hope you guys are all having a fantastic day, no matter where you are, what you're doing in the world. I hope it's fun. I hope it's fresh. I hope it's spooky. I hope it's sexy. And I hope it's just a really good time overall. Anyways, I am so glad to be back. Also, I just want to put a huge shout out and thank you to the amount of people who have wrote into the Facebook page to be like, girl, where you at? Girl, I miss you. Girl, I love your stuff. Um, thank you. Thank you. It's all you guys. It makes me come back every single time. I'm going to be home around home, around home a lot. And as I promised in the last episode, there will be a ton of episodes. And I'm really excited to bring that to you guys along with, um, you know, other fun online content and stuff like that. So I thought tonight a really fun thing to talk about would be vampires. Um, this doesn't come lightly. I am sickly obsessed with vampires. And I don't mean like traditional old vampires. I mean like TV vampires. Here, I'm going to let my freak flag fly. Fly. My total nerdiness just fall out on the floor and fart all over. That is super inappropriate. But I'm going to say it anyways. I am obsessed with Vampire Diaries. I have watched The Vampire Diaries since it came out. I've probably watched the entire, you know, show 13 times over. It takes a dramatic amount of time because there are eight seasons. <sighs> Demon forever in my heart. Actually, Caroline totally gay vibes for Caroline. I love Caroline. But can we all talk about it? Being able to compel people, staying young and hot forever, do whatever you want, convince people to give you whatever you want. But see, I wouldn't be like that. I'd be a good vampire. I would use my creepy life for um good, I promise. But tonight I thought it'd be really cool to go into the internet, go into Reddit, creepypasta, all that kind of stuff, and find some real accounts of people running into vampires or what they think would be vampires. This kind of stems from this guy that I knew when I was younger. When I say younger, I mean about five or six. He lived at the end of our street in his parents' basement. 
I happened to see him not long ago and he had not changed. And I'm talking, this was 20 years ago and he looked like probably younger than me. Like he looked 17 still. Super pale, super handsome, and super weird eyes. So I'm like, yep, vampire, please bite me. Don't worry, didn't do that. Didn't cheat on my husband. <clears throat> Anyways, Adam will be coming on the next episode. He is just super sick right now. But I want to pick his brain. He never, ever believed in the paranormal, any kind of that weird stuff until we got together. He was a very vanilla white boy dated those blonde, beautiful model types until he ran into me, the weird, short, round girl with black hair. Best decision of his life. Happy 10 years, sweetheart. <laughs> Anyways, guys, I think it'll be really interesting to pick his brain. Along with that, since I do... Oh, I have not dropped the news because it's new and I haven't made a podcast since. Duh. I have my own office now, so we have a tiny house behind our house, which is now my new recording studio, because as you know, I do record audiobooks. You can pick up The Haunting of Clandestine House on Audible. Feel free to stock the Facebook page if you do want to get it for free. Sign up. You win. I win. We win around the, the whole block there. Also, if you love this podcast, the way that we keep going is if people know about us. The best way to know about us is to rate and review us on iTunes, share on your social medias, and shout me out. Call in. Send me your stories. Record a voice memo of your story on your phone and email it to me. You can email me anytime at selena at thehauntedestate.com. You can also find a message link form to send in and our new home of the podcast website, which is overcastpublishing.com. I'm totally into self-publishing, starting a little publishing hub there. So if you ever need help with self-publishing your own books or anything like that, I'm your girl, I promise. All right, guys, let's jump into today's episode. We shall title it Real Life Vampire encounters. This entry on Reddit is called Meeting a Vampire? A Strange Experience. Two days ago, I was with my friends at a party. Everything okay and boring for me because I can't drink alcohol. I have stomach problems. Nevertheless, we had some fun, left the party early, and went to a friend's house to chill. After a few minutes, I heard some of his friends come to join us. Several hours passed, and because it was getting very late, I wanted to leave for home. Some of his friends decided to take me home in their car, but before we reached the car, I saw several men out front of it, many who looked drunk, but wasn't expecting there to be any trouble. As I walked past the car to get into the back seat, waiting for the owner to let me in, a man approached from that group and told us to get inside the house because he was needed by someone. It appeared to me that the owner knew this guy, because he did exactly that, without opening the car or telling me anything. I just stood there for a couple seconds, and decided to walk back into the house to see if he was still willing to take me home, or if I should go about on my own. I had my driver's license suspended due to an accident a few years ago. I went in the house. I didn't see the owner, so I said goodbye again to some friends while I was thinking my journey home. Because the public transport at that hour doesn't work. I live in Eastern Europe, by the way. I don't know if in the USA the public transport system differs, but when I left that time, the same man was outside. He apparently walked into the house with two more guys, and it caught my attention. He had medium brown dark hair, 
slim with loose clothes. Very common-looking, actually. But that wasn't the thing that caught my attention. When he entered the house, I had a strong feeling coming from him. I can't describe it well. He looked at me. He had dark brown, glassy eyes. He didn't say anything, but he started to walk around like nobody could see him. Even the two guys that went with him. When I realized his movements were so unnatural or weird, like he was going further, it seemed like he had started to move backwards. His arms were behind his body as, his, as he moved. The feeling I had was not fear, though, like you'd be scared of the unknown like ghosts, demons, the dark, a horror movie, etc. This was a feeling I had a few times, like when someone died or saw something graphic or gore-related. Kind of the same feeling in my brain, like it had just been rewired, like when you suffer psychological trauma. I swear, I could feel it in my brain. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. It was the same feeling I had when I watched someone years ago falling off the stairs, blood running from their ears. It was like fear, but a rewiring fear. He looked at me intensely which seemed at that time like a really long period of time, and I couldn't move. I now remember opening my mouth halfway and just staring back at him, eyes wide open, and fixating my vision on him, but I didn't want to make contact with his eyes. Subconsciously, I think I told myself not to look for some reason. He never spoke a word, or someone else tried to engage him. He went straight for the door after this, making these rounds inside and outside of the house. For a second, he stood under the door entrance, turned his head again to look at me. He was pale white, and in a way that evoked the same feeling in me as before. Then he left. I tried to gather myself that there was nothing wrong, nothing wrong in all of this. I left my friend's house for home. I forgot about the whole thing while outside, it was freezing, and me walking in the snow, feeling sleepy and tired. But then I saw him again, near a closed travel agency building. He was ahead of me, leaning against the glass walls. He didn't seem to notice me, but I knew that it was him. I switched sides of the sidewalk to get some distance, and with one eye looking in his direction, he noticed me halfway and smiled shortly. I couldn't see his face better because the snow and the distance but I noticed his mouth was deep red, almost bloody. I picked up the pace, worrying that he might follow me, but he stood his ground, and shortly after I was out of range and on my way home. I tend to smoke a lot. I had this irrational fear that when I got home, 
So I lit up a cigarette and sat in my window with it open. Someone might come in, I thought. I was thinking of him specifically, though I live in an apartment on the 15th floor. Nothing happened, of course, and I went to sleep. To this hour, I am up writing this. I remember vividly the same feeling I had when I encountered this man, and I can't shake it off. Somehow I get a mental image and visualize this man as I did back then. Somehow he wasn't human, yet human enough that I wasn't afraid. I guess the only word that came into my mind when I thought of him was some kind of vampire. Strangely enough, not from any book of fiction or myth that I know of, but I kept sensing him like that. Don't know why. I could tell myself that this is nothing out of the ordinary, but it just experienced something weird. I have to keep that in mind. I can't ignore these thoughts and subconsciously give them credence. I'm sure now more than ever that it wasn't human. I sensed he wasn't human, and from that first moment I knew. Did someone else ever have this kind of experience? Well, guys, that one did have some kind of broken English in there along the side. I tried to piece it together. But that's kind of interesting, just seeing someone act so differently that you know that they're not natural. And that kind of made sense when it came to the compelling, but so many questions. Why do you want inside the house? Do you take anything? Do you do anything? Or were you compelled and don't remember him? Sucking your blood. So we'll roll right into another story. This one is titled, So, I Met a Vampire. Hi guys, I wasn't sure if I wanted to post this, but here we go anyways. It was in 2011. Back then, I was very engaged in political activism, and I ended up organizing an Occupy movement in the city I was living in, along with some other fellows. We camped downtown square for about four months. Throughout this period, a lot of people came in and out. By the second month, I had to travel to another city where my parents were living for a week. When I came back to the occupation, there was a guy living there that arrived exactly when I left. He somehow had already gotten a lot of respect from the other people in a very short period of time. He was tall, blonde, long hair, a bit hippie. He had a profound voice that implied self-confidence. He had, it by some means, a strange aura, but okay, no big deal. Seemed like a cool guy after a while. With time, he became my friend and we ended up having a long conversation about pretty much everything that interested him and me, vice versa. Like occultism, magic, UFOs, etc. Until he brought up the vampirism subject, which I wasn't familiar with at the time. He explained to me about some of the stuff, that vampires were actually normal people that could manage their own life force, and apparently that they had been misinterpreted since always. He told me that there are some secret vampire groups, small ones, that preserved the rituals. There was no blood-sucking going on, or as he has said, blood was an analogy to the life force. They weren't actually sucking it from people, but they could indeed suck someone's life force. But more important, he said, was to know how to use your own. The conversation finished there. The whole thing seemed interesting to me, and after a while, we went to sleep. Some days later, here's what happened. My house was quite close to the occupation. Every once in a while, some of my friends would often ask me to use the bathroom or have a shower. And then this guy asked me the same. I said yes, no problem at all. Everything went fine. The guy had a shower, 
When we were walking back to the occupation, he brought up the subject about vampirism again. This time, he was wearing an anonymous plastic mask, which completely covered his face. He starts to explain to me how one can control his own life force inside their dreams, and how that would affect the, ma the material body. Meanwhile, he's explaining to me, I can see that his jaw is making a strange movement, as if there was something stuck between his teeth, and he was trying to clean it. When he finishes the explanation, he calls me by name and raises the mask slightly so I can take a look at his mouth. That's when I saw a huge canine tooth. He pulls down the mask. I didn't know how to react, so I just remained calm and asked him, what was that for? If they actually suck blood, what was it for if they actually didn't suck blood from other people? He told me it worked out kind of like an antenna to capture different vibrations. And he managed to construct it by molding his life force into that shape inside his dreams. He asked me if I would be interested in doing the same. I told him it sounded interesting, but told him I needed to think about it. We arrived at the occupation as if nothing had happened. I didn't see any strange movements by his hands, trying to assert a fake tooth in his mouth, or trying to remove it after. The sensation I got was that he pulled the tooth out by a jaw movement. The whole thing was just so strange to digest. I didn't know what to do, so I called my friend and he just said that the whole story sounded too crazy to be believable. We still lived together at the occupation for a while, but I never brought up the subject again. The guy totally noticed my attempt to avoid it, so he didn't push me either. There was another strange fact in a while. Once he was shirtless and crouched, organizing some of the stuff inside the tent, and the muscles on his back formed a weird shape, almost like wings. It was incredibly similar to another girl th that we had witnessed at this occasion. I kind of freaked out a bit. The occupation eventually finished, and the guy ended up dating that girl who had the same muscle wings on her back. He seemed pretty normal despite these two occasions. I just wanted to share. Thanks for reading. The end. Th that's super weird. <laughs> um, it's also interesting. I've always known about ed energy vampires, and I think we all know some that just naturally are. Those crappy people that when you're done hanging out with them, you're just freaking exhausted. So that's a really that's a really different different way there <laughs> to um, look and think about vampires energy vampires it's weird that he could pull a random giant canine tooth out of his mouth i'm not gonna go too much deeper in on that one that was that that's uh that's a, that's a strange one um not not sure what commentary to add to that one now here's one that's my favorite that i kind of came across middle of the night a few months ago interesting read we'll see what you think of it it is titled people don't realize i'm a vampire when I was a little girl, I used to pretend that I was a vampire, like in the movies. I would stalk around, pretending to bite my brother with plastic vampire teeth, and hissing dramatically when a shaft of sunlight fell across me. As I got a little older and was in school, I learned to hide my daydreams when I was around teachers and other children, so I didn't get picked out for being weird. But I would still go home and read those books about vampires. I would creep out of bed and watch horror movies when everyone was fast asleep. As I got older, my idea of being a vampire started to evolve and mature. I realized that plastic teeth and the ragged black cape that I had used for my kindergarten Halloween party wasn't going to somehow make me into a vampire. 
I needed to look for real signs. Allergies to silver and garlic, real sensitivity to light, a taste for blood, a drive to kill, and of course, fangs. I was eight when I killed my first animal. It was a bird. It was already fluttering on the ground with a broken wing, so it didn't take much effort. And I can't say I really wanted to kill it, but I was curious if I would feel different after drinking the fresh blood. But other than throwing up a couple minutes after drinking from where I'd torn the bird open, I didn't seem to have any real reaction to it. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. I remember crying mournfully as I wiped the blood off my lips. As I got closer to being a teenager, I continued to be preoccupied with the idea. I would draw secret pictures of the midnight-filled land with monsters and magic, imagining myself flying over, the, flying over it on ebony wings, taut, stretched, leathery, between ancient bones that I could shape into any form on my command. I'd pass between the moon and the clouds as a giant bat, or prowl the inky darkness in the woods. I could even turn into a swarm of large black flies if I needed to make a quick escape. Over time, I found myself becoming more and more convinced that I had some great destiny, that I was a vampire. But I hadn't found the right time or action or some other trigger that would let me fully embrace my true nature. When I was 12, I became convinced that the problem lay in my teeth. Vampires are supposed to have fangs, right? And my canines were slightly pointy, never seemed to get longer or sharper. I would spend hours secretly checking them in a mirror, feeling them when nobody was looking. Finally, when I turned 13 and nothing happened, I was despondent. I had decided that 13 was a special number that was a vampire birthday meaning I would come and delete some of my vampiric abilities on this day. So that night, when my parents were all downstairs cleaning up for my birthday party, I was up in my bathroom, tears streaming down my face. I checked in the mirror one last time, but I knew it was no use. If I was going to start changing, I was going to have to sacrifice for it. Clear the way for change. I had already bought the small pair of pliers in the anticipation of knowing what would come next. To my credit, I didn't scream as I pulled the two canines that I thought were blocking my fangs from coming out. But just as the second one pulled free from the root, I got woozy from the pain and stumbled, banging against the locked bathroom door. When my parents came to check on me, they were horrified. They couldn't understand my reasons for doing it, and at the time I thought it was my mistake for not telling them more about what I was going through earlier. Because in the last few years, I had taken into hiding my nature from them, just like I did everybody else. Partially out of habit, but mostly because my parents had changed themselves. When I was six or seven, talking about being a vampire, they would laugh and play along, talking to me about what a smart girl I was, and how I had such a beautiful imagination. But at some point, they'd stopped laughing. Their expressions had eroded from pride and happiness to embarrassment and worry so I kept it to myself. When they first sent me to what I call the problem school, 
I decided that I should just be honest with them. With the people at the problem school, too. Because, I reasoned, if I did a good job explaining things to them, they would understand I wasn't crazy. Just different from them. And they'd be proud of me. The extraordinary creature I was becoming. By the end of my first year, at the problem school, I saw that honesty wasn't the answer. I was never going to be accepted as I was. And my best hope was to lie better, to adapt more smoothly to the human world I was being forced to live in. So I started gradually acting like I'd given up on my strange ideas about vampires. I let them take me to the dentist and be fitted for a partial. Making sure to act contrite and ask questions about when I would be old enough to get permanent artificial teeth to replace the ones I'd removed. It took time. But... I was back home and in regular school before my 15th birthday. I was much more skilled in maintaining my facade now. There was no one I trusted with my secret. I made a point of blending in with my freshmen and sophomore students in the years of high school. By my junior years, boys were noticing me, and I had figured out the games of the girls' social cliques, so it wasn't hard for me to pretend to be my false self, my elder self, and became popular. To everyone else, I'd become ideal. I was a smart girl, but not too smart. And I was pretty, but not too pretty. But most of all, I was compliant. I did what I was told at home and at school, injecting just enough mistakes and disobedience into the mix that wouldn't seem artificially perfect or off-putting. When I went out with the boys, I would let them take just enough advantage of me that they'd feel satisfied without doing enough to get the reputation of being a slut. That might sound like a terrible existence, a life full of lies and framed mediocrity and being used. But you need to understand, none of that mattered to me. It wasn't the real me. It was just the girl in the world. And if I'm being honest, I thought she deserved every bit of it. I had spent much of my time at the problem school, and the years since I had been back home, reading up on various systems of belief and all kinds of legends. Did you know that there's vampire legends in almost every culture? And that nearly every religion or philosophy has something similar to the concept? Even if it isn't attributed to a monster? But by the same token, there are a lot of differences between the different kinds of vampires. The American movie vampire is very limited. Based almost completely on one specific hodgepodge of European, of European folklore, Dracula. By the time I was a senior in high school, I had come to the understand that I had been misled, wasting my time by focusing on that cliché of what a vampire could be. Because where some vampires may be weak to sunlight and afraid of crosses, others might have different or fewer ways they can be hurt. And while some may drink blood to survive, others lived off other things, like pain and fear and death. It wasn't a hard thing to kill my parents. They weren't really my parents, you see. They belonged to that other girl. That girl everyone loved and no one really cared about. That girl that was a pleaser. That girl that was a whore. That girl who might have cried over the idea of starting a gas leak one night when she was supposed to be staying at a friend's house. She did cry the next morning when I let her out to show the grief and surprise that would seem genuine when they told her gently that her mother had died in her sleep 
and her father was in critical condition in the hospital. Oh, how she screamed and wailed. But of course, that was all an act. There's not really another girl. I'm not crazy, you know. I've just become really good at putting it all away. Two months after my graduation, my father was back home with me, looking after him. It worked out better than I had hoped. Everyone would praise how brave and good and loyal I was to change his diapers and and tend to his medications. How I was earning a special place in heaven, and my mother, God rest her, would be so proud. Meanwhile, I could do whatever I wanted to him, and he was unable to tell a soul. He lasted for nearly a year like that. And while he had come home unable to communicate for more than an occasional grunt or scream, by the end, he was totally insane. I can't say for sure if I was the cause of that. I'm not a psychologist, after all. I'm a vampire. And I had figured out how full and fat I would feel after spending some time eradicating misery and fear from that disgusting cripple, how re-energized and powerful why I felt like my true self. That's why I went into nursing, with my specialization in hospice care. I worked hard at it, making sure my grades were nearly perfect, but not too perfect, and that I had no black marks on my record to keep me from getting work, just where I wanted. As luck, and some kerosene would have it, the administrative building of my school burned down while I was in college, taking any record of me being there right along with it. By the time I was 25, I was working for one of the top hospitals in southwestern U.S. as a nurse in hospice care, primarily outpatient services. I would go out periodically to the homes of people that were already expected to die, the forgotten and expandable. It gave me a chance to know these people, get access to their homes and learn their routines, It helped me figure out if I could catch them alone, show them my true self in the dark. But then you came on as the hospice administrator. From the start, I sensed you were going to be a problem. You watched everything so closely. You called it efficiency, but it seemed more like nosiness to me, arrogance. Then one day I saw you looking at me, studying me when you thought I wouldn't notice. It reminded me of how my mother looked at me when she saw my face on my 13th birthday, streaked with tears that went from clear to pink as they minged with the blood streaming from my still oozing mouth. It was that look that said, There's something wrong with you. I don't know what, but there's something very wrong. I can't abide that look. That's why you're about to take all those pills. It's a clean way to go. Much faster than I prefer, but I can't have your death looking suspicious. A plain Jane suicide will have to do. And before you think of fighting me, you need to understand that I kind of want you to. It would give me a chance to make this suicide into a brutal, stimulated rape and murder? That's what I thought. Eat them all. The funny thing is, you could have avoided all this. I was going to leave the hospital next month anyways. I got a great new job at the pediatric hospital they just opened upstate, you see? But maybe it's for the best. You're a loose end, best tied up. There's some, you know, closure. At least you got to see the real me before you died. 
Aren't I beautiful? Ooh. I first read that a few months ago and I was like, hmm, this is a story. There's a lot of, there's a lot of comments, but for me, this is a little bit of a tricky one and, and it makes me feel so weird because I live in Woodstock, Ontario, Canada, which a lot of people know. And we had a serial killer, like one of the biggest female serial killers like ever in Canada. I'm not sure. She was a, a nurse and she was killing people with insulin and she killed like a boatload of people. You can look it up online if you just look up serial killer nurse Woodstock, Ontario. So I read these kind of stories and like my mind is like so blown away because definitely from studying a little bit of psychology, this is a sociopath and a psychopath um, along with just like some hardcore mental illness. Mm, lots going on there. I, I I know it's a story. I'm, I'm going with it's a story because it makes a lot of sense that it's a story and it would make a great movie. But at the same time, a part of me is like, a lot of stories have some truth. You know what I mean? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that one. Tell me over at the Facebook page. Please don't forget to send me in your stories, your ideas, anything. Drop me a line, selena at thehauntedestate.com or write us on the Facebook page. Just look up The Haunted Estate or The Haunted Estate on Instagram and feel free to follow me on TikTok. It's horrible. You'll regret it. Selena Spooky Boo. I hope you enjoyed this episode and um, I hope to see you guys all soon. Have a great night, guys. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.